Folks, welcome to our Global Grads series starring Full Sail International grads from all around the world um, as they reconnect and give back to you. Um, this event is brought to you by the International Student Society as we hope that these discussions promote a sense of possibility, uh, mutual support for our community, uh, and perhaps a little bit of imagination. Um, we invite you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and of course, Full Sail One um, for all the latest updates on events, stories, and discussion topics. Today's particular event um, is, 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 is very special because all of these individuals are either currently on OPT or recently um, off their OPT, uh, which is optional practical training, the year extension uh, of their visa in which they're able to uh, be employed in the United States. And potentially if you're in the STEM field, um, have, a, have up to a three-year extension um, on your visa. So I'd like to go around the table and just kind of give a quick brief introduction about uh, Hit, the, hit, hit some of the uh, hot points on these individuals. We've got uh, Daniel Quintana, Quintana Monteo joining us today. He's a, a game designer working with Break Night Games. He's a 2020 uh, game design bachelor's graduate. Um, Joshua Bedford, he's the head of operations at 80 Republic. He is a 2020 entertainment business master's um, and 2018 music production bachelor's graduate. Um, Prajwal Ramamurthy Rama is an iOS and Android developer. Um, working at Indigo Beam Consulting, uh, 29 mo uh, he's a 29 mobile development grad. Uh, Stefan uh, Janischevic, sorry, Stefan, he's a music producer, composer, songwriter, mixing engineer, master uh, engineer, and, and, and a Red Bull sponsor and DJ working at Threshold Studios in New York City. He's a 2020 music production um, bachelor's degree graduate. And, and Maria, uh, Maria Camacho is joining us as well. Um, she is a uh, business communication specialist for private, for, for private company and founder of Well-Educated America. She graduated in 2020 uh, as an entertainment business master's student and 2017 uh, media communication student. Uh, folks, I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to have you guys joining us and, and, and really pumped about this conversation because I've heard a lot about each of your stories. Um, I know that you've had several discussions with Brandy and you've got relationships with the folks at Full Sail and um, all of you have a, have found very unique and interesting pathways to success. Um, so if I if you don't mind, I'm just going to kind of go around the room and and hear uh, directly from y'all. And Daniel, you're you're the first on my in my screen, so go ahead and give yourself a little introduction. All right. So I'm um, I'm Daniel. I graduated back in April. It was a year ago. Um, and first of all, yeah, I. I Got my first job about um, October as a VR developer. Um, then I got this latest one in January as a game designer, and it's it's been a ride. Uh, it's not a very easy market right now, but it, it's been a ride. Daniel, where 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 are you coming from, man? Uh, as in location? Uh, what, what, which country? Are uh, you? Yeah, I'm from Colombia. Columbia, here. excellent, excellent, cool, 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 and and uh, tell us a little bit about you know uh, what what attracted you to the to the program that you went through at, at Full Sail. So obviously, as most people that play game, uh, as that make games, I got into making games by playing games. Um, 
I got um got the chance to go to a summer camp uh, at NYU during 2017 about game design, and I absolutely fell in love with it, uh, breaking things down and making them from scratch and into something that actually works and can convey an experience is something that made me fall in love with it. Then I literally just Googled top 20 colleges for game design and Fools who was there. And my cousin went to Fools who so I was like, yeah, so, sounds, sounds pretty good to me. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Perfect introduction, man, I appreciate it. Joshua, go ahead, uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from, what brought you to Full Sail and, and maybe uh, a little bit more about your, your background? Yeah, so uh, my name is Josh Bedford. I'm the head of operations for AD Republic. I actually hail from the United Kingdom. Um, I moved to Florida when I was much younger and uh, life just, I ended up back in the United Kingdom. So when I finished my bachelor degree, I figured I was gonna go to the next step and get a business degree and I wanted something that I loved. So go business and music. I uh, started the degree in 2019, graduated 2020, and then after 2020 kicked off and OPT was approved, I had the opportunity to work close closer uh, with a company that was starting out of Atlanta called 80 Republic, an independent record label that has a couple of different artists and different specs and different spheres, I'm sorry. Uh, we don't like to really box artists and we really think the promotion and development of an artist is the most important thing. Um, so if that means that our job is only to get them to the next step or to find that help wait their career, then we do our job. Um, so that's just a little bit about. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you, Josh. Much appreciated. Stefan, go ahead. Let's let's hear it. So hi, I'm Stefan Janicevich. Um I'm currently in Switzerland and I graduated like a year ago. February the 7th from music production and um, the reason why I chose to go to Forza was simply because um, I always wanted to do something music related because I'm a trained piano player started to play when I was five same with guitar and I was looking for a degree program like in Europe there was nothing like it so I kept searching a little bit further and then I came across Full Sail and I've done my research and I saw that Darren Schneider is a um, professor at the university and he used used to work with one of my all-time favorite groups, Deep Purple. So I was like, okay, that's a done deal. I'm going to full sale. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Y'all right, are bringing up a lot of interesting jumping points that I, I really want to dive into um, once we get the discussion started. Uh, Prajwal, if you don't mind, go ahead and introduce yourself. Oh, hold on, Prajwal, it looks like you're muted. You're muted. Uh, yep. Oh, sorry about that. You're good. Um, so I was saying that um, I'm originally from India, and I came here, you know, when I was a little younger, but I had to go back to India, uh, obviously, for uh, visa reasons. And uh, um, in 2017, I was about to actually um, go to Canada, thinking I was going to, you know, study there and move there and whatnot. But I ran into Full sale don't forget i already have a bachelor's degree in business management in america and i still the whole visa thing right um so i really wanted to you know you know take care of my career better so i said you know i went to a like a like a college event in india and full sale was there and they were like hey we have programs for two years and 
having already done a four-year degree, I was like, wait, two-year degree? Like, I'm sold already. Like, that was my biggest thing was the fact that I could do a four-year degree in two years. So I said, okay, let's do it. So then I came back to America and went to, you know, full sale and graduated uh, in uh, 2019. So I did mobile dev and uh, it's been an absolute blessing and a pleasure, to be honest. Uh, right after graduation, um, you know, a few weeks later, I was, you know, got my first job and it was a full-time position in Dallas. Then I did a project there. And when that project was over, I went to Las Vegas and I worked for Parler. And uh, Parler is another big social media app. Uh, it was all over the news, if you guys remember. It's uh, similar to Twitter. Uh, but representing free speech. So I built their Android application. And uh, that once that project was over, I went from Las Vegas to currently I'm in Houston, Texas. And I work for Harris County in uh, city Houston. And uh, I'm building their iOS and Android application. So, you know, in the past two, two to three, you know, two years, uh, I did the STEM program OPC. So I have my three-year OPT. Um, it's, been, it's been a ride and it's been an absolute pleasure. Excellent, excellent. Certainly, certainly interesting story there. Uh, Maria, go ahead and introduce yourself as well. Nice. Hi, guys. Um, well, I'm, I'm from Venezuela, and I moved here back in 2012. I went to school first um, in Gainesville, Florida. And when I was looking for, for universities to transfer, after my AA in journalism, and I found Full Sail University. I had a friend that she was doing her master at the moment and she brought me in for the media tour and all that. I fell in love with the school and I did my media and communications bachelor. Um, it was a journey, of course, amazing. And after that, I worked on my OPT on media here in Orlando. I started writing for a newspaper, the Orlando Times News. I have a radio show and during that moment, I met this private company that I'm still working with um, and they sponsored my master's degree. They were like, hey, we want you to, you know, go back to school and just get a higher level of education. So um, they sponsored my master's degree. I did the entertainment business. Um, and yeah, and after graduation, I'm still working with them. I managed all the um, U.S. communications, internal and external communications here in front Orlando, but I managed the US um, central part. So yeah, it's been a journey, but it's nice. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Right, such, such a diverse uh, group and, and such unique stories here. Um, Daniel, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll just kind of wrap, wrap it around and I'd like to just get a sense of all of y'all's uh, opinion in this regard. When you were approaching, you know, you went through the program at, at Full Sail, it was rigorous, it was fast paced. Um, and you all survived, right? Uh, th this conversation is primarily about OPT, which is what, what I'm very interested in is, you know, as you're getting close to graduation, what is going through your head? What's going through your head in terms of, okay, how do I make it to the next steps? What, what process do I have to go through? Who do I need to shake hands with? Who do I need to network with? And, and, and um, what kind of resources did you lean on uh, when you were approaching that graduation date? And, and Daniel, uh, I'll, I'll start with you. So as an international student, when, when you get into having to work uh, in the U.S., uh, the OPT gives you a starting step, um, but then you, you have to think, if, like, I have a year to make myself be worth that, uh, 
a, a work visa more than any other person that is in the US. I have to just be that much better at my job than anyone on computer games. So you have to, when I was about to graduate, I had to put in extra work, extra hours that none of my um, classmates were. Because none of them had that pressing issue that, hey, not only I only have a year to find a job, but I have to be worth much more than what they need. Um, when it comes to networking, I, my, my, for me, it was LinkedIn um, uh, more than absolutely everything else. You reach people all around the world, like on every single corner of the industry. Um, if you know someone that it's already in, they, they introduce you to anyone and everyone. Uh, it's as, like, at least in game development, it's a small industry. Uh, your name moves around pretty fast if you know the right people. Now, Daniel, did you, so when you graduated, did you start right away at, at break night games or were, was it a process of, you know, interviews and, and uh, meeting people and, and trying to trying to find that next step, or was it like instantaneous? It took me until October to get my first job. Um, it was very slow, very painful, um, and yeah, like especially having been released to the industry, not a very easy market where people don't want to hire new people with, with COVID. Um, so for, for that, you can't, it's very easy to fall into the routine of not doing nothing when, when looking for a job and you have to make sure you don't do that. If you want to take a break, because full sale is not very soft on you and doesn't give you a lot of time to rest. It's fine, but you have to make sure not to fall into complacency there. Uh, and be sure to make a routine and realize that you're not work free. Your work is to find a job. Mm. Excellent. Um, Joshua, I want to hear your, your perspective as well. When, when you're getting, I, I know you've got a very interesting background and a lot of interesting stories. Um, when you're getting close to graduation, how are you preparing for those next steps? Um, so it's weird. So because uh, I mean, I spent a lot of my time in the US prior to go undergoing the visa process and OPT process. So while I had uh, an understanding of how scary and daunting the USCIS is when it comes time to file your paperwork, um, it was more so I really didn't have much of a direction. So I did rely on full cell a lot um, in terms of just making sure that what I needed to do was getting done um, so that I would set up for success. So in terms of that approach, doing my own research and using full sales, just uh, the international department really did me a solid. Helped me go the right direction. Um, networking, I mean, I I had some contacts prior to coming to the program. Um, obviously, with Hall of Fame and all of the events that Full Sail puts on, LinkedIn, you know, applications now like Clubhouse. Of you get to find and push yourself really to network. Uh, obviously, COVID came out of nowhere. So one of the craziest things is that the I felt that I had a really solid interview the week of uh, the job fair, 
which was the same week that lockdown hit. Mm. So when lockdown hit, it was like, oh, great. So um, having the pre, the build, building a relationship over the course of my de- degree with the people at AD Republic and moving into that role when, 20, when graduation came, I was almost like, I didn't have to worry about it because I knew where I was going. I'm very happy with the work I do over the year. I hope to very much to continue it for years. Um, and, you know, just having, I mean, the, the people that I connected with was through Facebook networking <laughs> uh, on the Full Sail page. So, you know, it's, they're out there and you can do some really great stuff. And definitely where we were last year is not where I, where we are now, I'm sorry, is not where I thought we were going to be last year. Certainly. Well, I'm hearing some similarity in, in what Josh, you are saying, and then and what Daniel's saying in, in terms of one leveraging your uh, leveraging social media, right, to to make connections, um, and and two that the you know relying on full sale resources to to develop your network. There's, there's that seems like two two uh, a string there attached uh, um, in your experience, Stefan. I'm I'm kind of wondering if you have a, a similar outlook. Well, the thing with me is like um i have a little bit of a different story because um i'm currently in switzerland as i said prior to it but i'm still working for threshold records so basically what they do is they send me songs and i mix them down or, ba- or like whatever they want me to do i just do it but i was um i was supposed to start working on april 1st last year in new york but then um COVID happened and when COVID hit, I was in Switzerland visiting my parents because I haven't seen them in like three years. Mm. And since I'm not a citizen of the United States, there was no way that I was able to come back to the States. So that was a little bit of a problem. So I told Threshold Records my situation. They fully understand, uh, understood it. And yeah, so I guess I'm still working for them. Hopefully I'm there's going to be like a possibility for me to come back eventually to the States one day. And if not, like it is what it is. It's not going to stop my grind. Like just like my work. Cause I just really love what I'm doing. Yeah. And I, I just have to say, thanks to the internet, you can do, you can do anything that you want, no matter where you are, as long as you have a good internet connection, basically. <laughs> Excellent. But the way how I got to threshold records is, um, I was DJing a lot when I was in Orlando, uh, like in Orlando, DJing a lot in Miami. Those gigs were provided by um, Red Bull. So like they paid for the gigs, but like um, the clubs they hired, they wanted like a Red Bull DJ. So Red Bull um, provided those gigs. And that's how I got to know a few people. And yeah, that's how the connection happened to Threshold Records. Cool, cool. Excellent, excellent. And and just by, you know, performing, by showing up, by... Uh you know, putting on a good show that kind of helped like uh, signal you out as, as someone that was distinct and, 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 and I think, maybe had some relationship with the crowd. I think, um, I think it's just like my overall approach on being professional. Cause like, um, I know what most people think, Oh, you're the DJ, you're having a good time. You, you get, you get paid, you get to drink for free, but that's not my approach. Like when I'm playing my sets, I don't drink at all. I'm staying sober because like I'm representing the club for the, those two, three hours. I'm representing the environment. I'm not representing myself. Well, I do to a degree, but first you represent the p- person that hired you or the club. So I think just like that approach and the way how I just carry myself, I was always friendly and nice to the people, um, try to do my best. I think that's what separated me from the other DJs in the Orlando area, Miami area. Excellent. Even excellent. though they were all good DJs. Yeah. 
Well, I, I appreciate that perspective because, um, yeah, I think DJing is probably a lot of fun, but it, it, there is a degree of professionalism that, that you probably require to kind of take it to the next level. And that's kind of an interesting perspective to hear. Um, uh, Maria, I'd like to get your perspective on what, while you're approaching graduation, what kind of uh, resources were you leaning on, uh, networks you were leveraging and, and, and kind of preparing for those next steps? Sure. Well, um, when I was graduating from my bachelor's, I have no idea what I was getting myself into. You know what I mean? I was very scared. Um, all the network that I did was on full sale. So I have an idea how the outside world work, but I wasn't sure. So I got into my first job as a marketing director. And when I was there, I started doing network, outside network. I started going, maybe because my bachelor was in media and I was working in media at the moment. Um, I started going to press conference, um, event host by the Orlando City. So I got to do a lot of network in those events, which brought so many great connections. Um, I did a little bit of PR, public relations, for the newspaper that I was working at the moment too. So that was really good because that was my network um, circle. You know what I mean? People started recognizing my name. I started interviewing people, doing articles, browsing them to my radio show. So I was um, positioning myself in a broader um, network side. Um, and when I was doing that, that's what got me literally making those connections and doing those networks. That's what got me to meet um, this business owner who decided to then sponsor my master's degree, you know, to keep them working for them because I, they are an international company. So they were trying to base um, business here in the state as well. And I was able to connect them with people in, this, in the Orlando city. So my networking, my upside networking, upside full cell have brought me great connections and that's what have helped me um, develop or kind of lay my career, you know, building it, which is what I'm still doing. But I networked since I was at full cell. My circle was like this and then it expanded, but networking was key for me, definitely. I, at the beginning, when I first got to full cell, I didn't understand what so many people and the professors, you know, they pursue you to. Um, do network and network and talk with people that you have around you. You don't know who you're next to it and all that. And I didn't get it at the moment, but with the pass of the year, the two years during the program, I was like, okay, now I understand why they say that, literally. Well, I, I think that's a kind of an interesting perspective in terms of, you know, expanding it to the to the greater Orlando area. What, what, what was kind of the thought process behind that? Was it just like, hey, I started going to events and then it kind of snowballed from there? Or did you always have your eyes on a, a larger network? Um, I kind of have the large on the larger network, but I didn't know how to get through it. Um, but when I was on the, as I told you, I started writing for the newspaper. So media get invited to a lot of press conference and special events hosted by the cities where they, where they, wanna, they want to have um, journalists, you know, people, um, advocates and all those type of um, person. Um, I used to start going to some of them. There's so many happening every single day that you cannot go to all of them, but I start picking, you know what I mean? Which one will um, lead me to something or where I want to be, you know? Um, one of, um, in 2018, when there was like the major, um, 
the vote for the mayor to choose the mayor of Orlando and all that. I got the opportunity to interview the mayor, to interview his assistant, um, people in the in the city of Orlando, and Way Center, and all the the alliance, you know. Um, so that has been good. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's, an insane, that's an incredible experience for sure. I'm, yeah, I'm yeah. It's wow. been interesting for sure. <laughs> no, that's that's absolutely remarkable. Excellent, excellent. Uh, Prior to all, I'd, I'd like to hear your story as well, and I know that you've got a very different path. Um, so, that, what were you what were what were you doing to prepare for those next steps? Well, I. Oh, oh sorry. I, this sorry. question is uh, for Pradwal. All good. Okay. Um, so, I mean. At full sale, like, honestly, like, I would like, to be honest, I wasn't the smartest kid in the room, right? Uh, I don't think I got a single course director's award and all that kind of good stuff. So, you know, be, you know, I was always, you know, making sure that I was learning and trying to get help, making sure that, I, you know, I stay, you know, on top of things. Um, but to me, I think it was the biggest thing was like finding a role model, finding a mentor, or somebody who I can look up to. So like, previous graduating year there was a guy named mark filter i'm sure some of you guys have heard about him and uh he was doing really well graduated got a job immediately right after graduation um and you know to, directly i think it was for bank of america so like that put a lot of perspective in my head and and he was one of the smartest students that i know but coming back to me like like i said i wasn't the smartest kid in the room so to me it was like how do i stand out in front of all my classmates who are, you know, 4.0 students and valedictorians and 20 course director awards and all this crazy stuff. So the only way that I told myself that I'm a standout is from my projects. So what I focused on was always my portfolio. So uh, to me, it was like, while I was in full sale, I started looking for other projects, other mobile apps and stuff like that, that I could help people with and use that as my resume to you know, market when I, when I graduate. So that's what probably helped me the most is I, you know, my personal, you know, the final project and all the good stuff at the same time, uh, the side project, the freelance projects that I did on the side while I was still at full sale to help other people. And even the smallest of projects made a difference on my resume and come forward, you know, I graduate. And to me, I was, I didn't want to risk the whole 90 days, 60 days and the whole nine yards. So to me, I wanted to have a job secured before I even graduated. So, you know, I started researching, doing my own thing. And, you know, like I said, I followed people that have done it really well, like Mark Filter and, and others, and um, just started applying and looking into stuff and started networking, started getting my recommendation letters and, uh, you know, your rec all that kind of good stuff. Your ducks aligned pretty much. And then by the time I graduated in Feb 2017, I mean, 2019, sorry, Feb. And uh, I had a job in March. My OPT card wasn't even in the mail yet. So, but I had a job secured. And then when my OPT card came in the mail, immediately I started working. So I didn't have any downtime. And again, it's not, like I said, it's not that I was the smartest kid. It's I followed the right people. I looked up to mentors. And, uh, you know, I, I planned it, you know, that, that way. And that was my biggest thing is, is personal projects and stuff like that. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah, so I, I actually want to talk about that. And I think that was probably something I really should have done and I cannot recommend enough. It's 
contacting the right people, looking looking for mentors, and starting early. You can never start to look for a job early. Absolutely. Um, I I regret not doing that before, and I waited too long for me. And at the end of the day, that was just wasted time. Absolutely. Yeah. I've I've had people who are like valedictorians. And they spend probably three months trying to look for a job. And uh, and it's not that they're not smart, right? They're the smartest kid, smartest kids, but with 4.0s and they know what they're doing and, and all that kind of good stuff. But it comes down to it's not just about being smart. It's about networking like, you know, Stefan was talking about. And it's being that professional, doing that research and starting early. And it, it's it's got to have an overall picture other than just, you know, I'm going to get a 4.0. I'm going to ace all my classes. I'm going to graduate and I graduate. I'm going to depend on full sale to find a job because there's international advisors and all this. And no, it, all that is nice. All that is icing on the cake, but you got to make the cake. And that's the biggest part. <laughs> excellent. excellent. Oh, if I may, Maria had her hand raised. Uh, go ahead. Yeah, I would like to add um, what he was saying about finding mentors is very important. That was key as well for me, networking and mentors. Um, having people around you who can guide you on the same path. If that's the path that you want to follow, having people tell you how they did it, what works, what it didn't, for you to choose if you want to go to that way. But at least you have people guiding you. You know what I mean? Giving you the ideas, how it could work. Um, what would be better for you? At the end of the day, it's up to us to decide, but it's always nice having mentor and people who can do that for you. Excellent, excellent. Stefan, go ahead, man. I just wanted to add something to what um, Proch said. I go by PJ. Also, okay, PJ, I just want to add something to what PJ said. I'm sorry for butchering your name. Um, my experience was like... Um, as you said, like I wasn't the smartest kid in my class too. I had like 90 overall and everything. But to me, what was like, okay, I'm learning. I see what they're trying to tell me, you know, at the classes, but they just give you like, um, they just give you like a, how could I put this? They just give you like the fundamental. But mm. what can you do with that fundamental? So to me, um, when I had like a class, it, it was called, um, uh, it was like a thing, um, the mixing and everything, creative mixing or whatever it was. So I've done a lot of research just for um, like, a, what is parallel compression? And then I started to read into it, you know, and I figured out there's like six different types of parallel compression. So I tested those things out, you know, and there was like a track where they wanted like the drums to sound a little bit more snappier and have the bass and the drums be more glued together. So I realized you can use the New York City style of compression for that, uh, for the drums and the bass. But for like the vocals and like um, the harmony instruments or like the melody, you can use a London style of uh, parallel compression and glue them together once again. So it was just like I'm building on top on top on top of what they show you, you know, it's that's what separated me a little bit, you know, from my colleagues, which I actually really miss a lot. I miss my class. Like I miss, I miss full cell. I, like that's all I'm saying. I miss it. That's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. And, and, you know, I'm going to add to what Stefan was saying, basically, when I first graduated, my first job was nothing that I studied at Full Sail. And that's the craziest part is it wasn't so, it, I mean, obviously it's what I studied at Full Sail. It's mobile apps, but it wasn't the same language. It was a completely different language. Mm -hmm. And it was, a, you know, in Full Sail, we learned uh, Java, we learned Swift and whatnot. And, but when I graduated, this job was uh, Xamarin with C Sharp. So to me, graduating, it wasn't like, I wasn't scared about 
taking that first job or knowing doing exactly what I know. It's the biggest thing was to get out of my comfort zone and like saying, you know what, I'm going to take my chances. I'm going to try whatever it takes because guys, everybody out in the world, nobody's perfect. Like everyone's still learning every single day. Even the best people are still learning. And if you don't know something, you Google it. You don't know something, you study, you get another certification. There is no such thing as, holy crap, I'm graduating. I'm not the smartest kid. I don't know if this job requirements looking like all my positions have got a senior level positions. So don't have that fear of like, oh, what, you know, I'm not good enough, right? Nobody's good enough. You get better by getting there in the first place. So, you know, don't have that fear. Excellent. Excellent. Maria, go ahead. Yes, um, I also want to encourage some of the international students that are here. I know some of, of um, we are bilingual. And sometimes when we move to the state, we think that we only have to think or everything that we got to do is in English. And actually speaking another language can also open you different doors. When I started, when I was in media, um, one of the things that highlight me in press conference or when I was doing interview is that because I speak English and Spanish, I was able to interview both markets. You know what I mean? And that was a highlight. I, I was choose between other journalists to do the interview just because of that. Um, so I know some of us, because that happened to me at the beginning, I was like, I'm never gonna able to make it because you know English is not my first language and blah, 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 blah. Um, but that shouldn't be um, an impediment, you know what I mean? That should be something actually to make you want to better your English and at the same time take advantage of the other language that you speak, either Spanish or whatever other language it is. But yeah, take advantage of that and um, use it in your favor. Let people know actually too that you speak other language and that you can do it in a different language. Excellent, excellent. Stefan and then Daniel? Yeah. I just want to add something to what Maria just said. Um, I speak five languages. <laughs> that wasn't me. No, um, I speak five languages. Um, but that's just because, like, of the way how it is when you grow up in Switzerland, because uh, we. That's a, but that's a different story. Um, the first song that I actually got to work on um, happened to be f with a Russian singer <clears throat> in 2018, um, and that's just because, like, I speak Serbian and Serbian and Russian is very similar. So there was like a little bit of a connection. So um, I would just encourage y'all, if y'all speak like a couple of languages, use this to your advantage, use it. Like seriously, if someone speaks Portuguese, you can understand Spanish because I'm half Portuguese, so I understand, understood Spanish, but I cannot speak it, which is a different story. So um, no, seriously, use it. Like whatever it is that you guys have that is gonna separate you, use it. This is your strong card, play it out and overuse it if you have to because um, sooner or later somebody's gonna lap into it and be like i need that i that's exactly what i need excellent excellent daniel all right um first first i want to talk uh, a little bit about what stefan just said like languages if you go beyond what languages do and like jump also into cultures um, you cannot underestimate how much, um, like for example, Latin uh, cultures help each other out in the industry. Like they look after, like we look after each other. Uh, there's a community that's called Latinos in Gaming and 
I cannot recommend if you're in, into game development joining it. It like you get people in the industry that are more than willing to help you out, to connect you with people. It's not only great as networking, but also to expand you as, as, a, as a developer and as a designer and as a person at the end of the day. They give a lot of free resources, a lot of stuff you wouldn't have access to other way. Now, I want to say uh, something about what PJ mentioned. I, I know that in the game development industry, and I, I'm pretty sure that in the uh, mobile app development industry, it, it goes as well. When you're jumping to the, into your first jobs, they obviously want to know that you know you some stuff, but they also care about how good you're going to be able to be trained. Uh, they don't expect you to know a lot of stuff. They, they know you're a junior. They know you, you, you lack a lot of stuff. They want to know you can be trained and you can be taught what needs to be taught to do what you, you, your job needs to, to do. Uh, that's the main thing they look for you, uh, like in, in new candidates. So be willing to do that. Be, be open about learning. Don't be like, yeah, I know all of this stuff. And be, be, be a little bit more humble. Be like, I know this stuff, but I also want to learn so much more. I, I, I definitely think I, I'm really enjoying this conversation. Y'all are, are saying some wonderful things. I think that there's a, a common thread in a lot of what you're saying. And, and, and PJ kind of started the conversation off and, uh, you know, be fearless, go for those senior level jobs or go for those level, the, those level jobs that you, maybe you feel a little bit apprehensive about. Um, be curious, work on your side projects. Josh, I kind of want to bring you into the conversation and, and, and hear if, if your perspective is, is similar or different um, from, from that of your colleagues. I mean, yeah, it, it's one thing to go through the programs and go to school and learn these particular skills, right? But once you get into the actual you know, position, you quickly realize that there's a lot of things that you, you may have been taught, but you need to refresh upon. Um, so keeping the idea that you kind of always are going to be a forever student um, and whether you decide to go and pursue another certification or another diploma um, or if you just want to decide that you're going to take it upon yourself to follow LinkedIn learning um, or whatever the case may be, you know, getting those new skills and adapting to the changing environment is always going to uh, more wonders than, you know, trying to make an old system work. Um, I mean, one of the one of the things we could talk about, for instance, in the music industry is, you know, the uh, the, the new craze uh, non-fungible tokens. You know, it's this new crazy thing that nobody, not a lot of people really know about, you know, but MP3s, you know, CDs, they all kind of started a similar way. And when you're reading contracts, all media now and forever to be created in the future, you don't really think to yourself, oh, yeah, maybe. Well, now it's happening. So it's a really interesting kind of situation where it's like, well, now I want to throw more attention onto these ideas. And th those tokens kind of are they're essentially a, a copyright protection and, and things like that, where you're able to get paid for your work. Yeah, it's like a more direct way to sell unique content um, from what I'm understanding. And again, I'm, I'm just getting into it. And I'm sure after this is all done, when I get off here, I'll go and have a meeting about it with <laughs> my team. Like, how do we figure this out? Um, because the results that these bigger artists and these bigger, you know, ticket items are getting, that, that, that's driving public interest. So one of the articles I read was, yeah, Kings of Leon made 69 million. Sure, you could do it too, but would you really make 69 million? It's like, well, nobody knows. 
so because nobody really understands blockchain technology on a public mm. personal level um it's like this weird kind of like sure you gotta you gotta really know your stuff to get into that club it's definitely a fascinating conversation that i would love to dive into a little bit more um but pj go ahead man i see you got your hand raised no i was just basically adding to that think about full sale like it's planting a seed right and the seed has to grow we only have two years there right and there's only so much you can learn so much you can build in those two years so if you're not you know hands-on and you're not trying to better yourself and your resume and your portfolio and your projects and your skill sets and whatever you're doing it's going to be a tough world out there you know we told you guys all the nice things but you know on the other side of the spectrum is like it's a it's a crucial world out there and it's survival of the fittest it's how do I, how do my i get my resume over somebody else's how do i it's like when you get a job remember you're taking away somebody else's job when you get a job you're taking somebody else's food on the table but when you don't get a job somebody else took yours so how do you make sure that you're on top of those things is by staying you know you know putting everything we're saying together and staying on top of that excellent right, stefan go ahead just want to add to something that PJ said and Josh. Um, what is relevant in the music industry, and I think that can be translated to any other industries. Um, you gotta follow. You gotta understand the current trends. You gotta know what is pretty much um, being in fashion right now. But you also have to have like this little tiny ability to like see what might be the next trend you know like what is going to be the next big thing so when that one starts out you're already ahead of the game so in the music industry i know currently right now um trap is very much the pretty much the most popular genre but that is dying out uh, currently it's like a fight between latin and trap going on so i think latin music is gonna overtake it very soon latin. which latin which i'm okay with that which i'm okay with that but here's the thing um I personally think like um, in the future, there's going to be like a mix between um, the clean mixing sound, uh, just like the clean mixing of how K-pop sounds, because that music, their music mixes are so clean. It's almost like a, if you go to a hospital and it's just like um, the syncopated rhythms that I think is going to overtake a little bit more. So maybe there's going to be a mix between like African pop music right now and like a mix between K-pop pretty much so it's just like trying to know what is um in fashion right now and predict what's going to be the next hot thing in the future so you're already in that market so people are going to come to you first well i, I like that you're thinking well, all of you kind of touched on this the sense of uh cultural identity as being a part of your experience and and and, and stefan you're kind of touching on cultural identity as 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 an industry um right like the nigerian afrobeats are growing right now uh yeah uh, Reggaeton is 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 huge, especially in Florida. Um, so there's all sorts of elements that you can kind of plug into. I I, I like where this conversation is heading. I'm kind of curious about uh, Maria. I'd like to hear your what your thoughts are on on trends in your industry, and then I'd like to take it to the tech guys to hear about you know what what trends they're identifying as well. So Maria, go ahead first. Sure. Well, um, in the in the media, um industry there it's something new every single second so as the guy are saying you gotta be on top of the trends that are happening in your industry so in that way you're ahead you know what i mean um i particularly go beyond what is social media um 
just because maybe of my background as a journalist and that I like to go deep down, you know what I mean? So I'll, I'll do my research on stuff. Um, and that's, that's the major thing on the media communication um, industry, you know what I mean? Being on top of what's going on and finding resources outside of what most people look at, which is nowadays social media. You know, if they want to know something, they'll go to Instagram and scroll and see a picture of oh, this happened or this is going on and, and that's it. But they don't, deep, they don't go deep down on, on what's going on. Um, and on the business side as well, you for business, um, it's all about being loyal, you know what I mean? Um, speaking the truth with the people that you are either making business or um, merging into business with other people if you are connecting them. Um, and yeah. Excellent, excellent. Yeah, I, I, I can imagine that social media is constantly changing, right? We've got uh, TikTok blows everything up and then, and then you know, work that PJ has been doing on like parlors is also changing the dynamic, not only in terms of how people are getting messages, but the ethics of, of messaging. And, and there's so, so much rich conversation that can be had um, in sure. that regard. And um, information is something that we cannot control nowadays. I mean, it's gonna be out there in the internet, but it's up to everyone to decide which um, information consume, which information um, to believe or not to believe. At this point, it's not about the social media or, you know, the bloggers or the writer. It's more about us as a person to know and go deep down mm. on what's going on to, to have a good um, understanding of it. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, so PJ and, and Daniel, uh, I'd like to touch on, because you all are in the, the tech sector, mobile development is, is huge, not just in the United States, but increasingly in China and India and, and across the world. Um, what kind of trends are you seeing uh, right now in that in that industry? Well, uh, I see in 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 the game industry, it's where where I focus most. Um, there's an increasing number of different engines, um, and a lot of engines have been released. And so, like before, like two years ago, the the market was pretty much controlled by on Unity and Unreal. And now there's, I think this year, two other uh, engines were released and they they have been huge. Uh, and they're starting to compete for, like to take the, the third place. And, and I think eventually they're gonna be taking the second, but maybe the first one. Well, I, I, it's funny that you mentioned that because I was just chat, chatting with an alum uh, last Friday that's in the game development world. And we were talking about basically the democratization of technology, right? Like, so the fact that you can get on Unreal or Unity and start from scratch and build your own like incredible game, it shows that the, there's, you, who knows what's gonna come from that? What kind of cool games, the next next level of, of gaming will, will come from that kind of development. And I, one thing that Daniel, you had mentioned earlier that you worked in, in the VR field. I'm kind of curious about if you see that as, as a, uh, perhaps the be-all, end-all of, of, of gaming and, and, and kind of even virtual experience? I I think it's a market that is way too green. Uh, VR still is very early to actually be the be-all and end-all. Uh, there's still, there's a lot of room to grow, but we're not there yet. Um, yeah. I think... It has a lot of potential, but it has a lot of cons at the same time. First, 
like starting just by the space needed to actually use VR. Like a lot of people don't have this seven by seven area on their house completely free that they can use for a VR set. And I think that by itself is already a constraint for development and, and the expansion of the market. Sure. Sure. I, 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 so, sorry, go, yes, for go ahead. No, no. No, I was basically adding to what you asked about technology. Like, I mean, technology is mind blowing, right? Every single day that it's getting better, like as a mobile app developer, like there's new phones being released every, every other month and there's new iOS updates, Android updates, new Samsung devices. So like, it's, it's so mind blowing how like you have to adapt even to this day, like the API documentation changes, the developer documentation changes. So it's like, you got to stay on top of it. And, and, but the best part is like, this is probably the best industry to be in at this point. Like uh, as far as, you know, I'm not biased or anything. I'm just saying in terms of <laughs> stability, in terms of the future, um, it's, I mean, there's, I mean, there's opportunities in all the degrees and that's the only way all of us will survive. Right. But as far as the future, I think it is technology. I think w the stuff that I learned, like even right now, like, you know, I am putting my hands in, you know, machine learning and building uh, programs with that. And that's nothing that I learned at full sale or anything like that. But I know that being technology, since technology is the future, it's like, people are trying to get hands off. People are trying to use robots. People are trying to get it more automated. Like they're, you know, QA testing, they're trying to take, you know, the testers, manual testers out and put, you know, uh, you know, automation testing. So everything is, it, it's all about technology guys. Like it adapting to the technology and being a part of that and, and having a little future, you know, uh, vision is so important, right? Kind of like, you know, that's one of the reasons I invested in an electric car is like, I believe that in the future, it's all going to be, you know, electric and we're trying to get away from the fuels and all that kind of good stuff. So definitely be, you know, taking consideration of that and, you know, plan ahead and think ahead and have some sort of goal and see where you're trying to, you know, see where the future goes for based on what you want to do. But at the same, same time, specialize in what you're doing is like, you want to be known for something. And you want to be good at what you're doing. You don't want to be jack of all trades, master of none, right? You want to make sure that whatever you're doing, you excel at it, but you're adding on top of that to that, if that makes any sense. Uh, absolutely. And Maria, I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yes. Um, just adding to what Pidget was saying, I think it's very important, um, as he mentioned, to specialize on what you're doing, but at the same time, look for other industries. As he, as he mentioned, um, technology is huge right now, and, and it's going to be mind-blowing the next 10, 15 years, maybe less. So uh, I'll say for my my own point of view, and in the media, business industry, and on my business side, I'm getting interested in technology, which is something totally separate on what I do on the daily days, but it's something that I'm thinking about it because as, as I mentioned, it's what's gonna go next. So it's very important to be focused and well-known and brand yourself, specialize on what you're doing, but getting to know other um, industries is very, very important as well to be on top of the game. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Good good, good over, overall conversation and, and, and PJ, I, I agree that specializing, especially in technical skills, is, is super important. And and Maria, the idea of being 
kind of wide-eyed or just just having having a, a broader vision of what the possibilities are is kind of something essential that, that all of you have touched on throughout this conversation um, keeping your keeping your eyes open and, and continuing to learn um, as as you progress one thing I'd like to kind of go around the table and, and bring it back to the, the OPT experience specifically I, I you know because you're international students because domestic students go, don't go through the OPT program right it's it's a very unique challenge. Uh, there, there are a lot more hurdles for the, for the international experience. I, I want to know one thing that, that you either learned or someone you connected with or some project you worked on while on OPT that, that was very significant to you. And, and, and I'll, I'll just go around the table on this one. Josh, I'd like to start with you. I mean, while working on OPT, the most significant project is being part of Aid Republic, all of the various projects that we're able to do. Just, uh, you know, last year, crazily, you know, COVID came out of nowhere. We had to completely change our whole plan. Of, we had, we had like a month or two of studio sessions planned for writing, um, production. We had, you know, all, we had two artists at the time. Now we have four. So we, uh, when COVID hit, all those sessions got canceled and we had to reevaluate what we were going to be able to do to keep moving forward. And, you know, we found, um, a new spot and we started rolling out of this. So um opt has given me the ability to just put my knowledge and my worth into something that i believe um i can't wait to see what 80 republican excellent excellent uh, stefan go ahead let's hear the one one project one person or one idea that has really significantly changed your opt experience um that's a good question i'm still thinking of it about it i mean um Hmm. I would have to say, I would just have to say, it's not like um, a specific project. It's more like um, getting the trust from people, you know, to hire someone from a different country to put their trust and faith in you. I think like, I think that's like the thing that is the most special about it. Because like, 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 they can just take anybody, they could just take anybody else, you know, to do that job, but they wanted to give me a, a chance to prove myself. And I think that's the most special thing about the OPT. And I also want to thank um, Fusa International um, Office for helping me to get that OPT because I was scared. I didn't know what is going on. I was trying to read for those paragraphs. And I was, I was like, I know this is English, but this is not English. So like they did a tremendous job of helping me. So that's just I my opinion. I'm certainly happy to hear that, and I'll definitely pass that message along because the the ISAs, the International Student Advisors, love to work with y'all. They'd love to help, you know, get through those issues. Um, so it's it's really important to hear that, and I appreciate that. Yeah, PJ, go ahead. OPT is such a tricky topic, and it's really a big deal, right? And uh, I think students should really take that seriously. Um, way ahead of time way ahead of graduation and and really understand the pros and cons and the outcomes of opt like opt is such a huge thing is literally lets us be in the country or out of the country we work so hard trying to find opportunity in america and the whole nine yards and we have a family here like now i built a house here and all this kind of good stuff here and opt could literally take that all that away and we're, you know we're back in you know india or wherever you guys came from it really is a big deal, guys. And 
I can't stress that enough that you have to stay on top of it, right? Like you have one year OPT and you have STEM, which you know I did with STEM program. Uh, that's three years OPT, and you you know you get the first year just like everyone, and then you apply for the two year extension. Um, here's the weird part: when I graduated, I graduated in Feb, and my OPT card came at the end of March. So I started working at March, and but the way H1B sponsorship, the whole idea of OPT is it gives us time frame to work, right? It gives us a year or three years to work as optional practical training, but that is not the end goal. The end goal is to get a job who sponsors your visa so you don't have to be on OPT. And that's the biggest thing is that one year of OPT is nothing, right? The focus is not just, oh, let me just get a job and work. Of course, when you start working for that one year and you get a full-time position and they like you, they're going to sponsor your visa and all that. But even the sponsoring your visa, guys, it's a gamble, right? Because it's a lottery system. So when I graduated in Feb and started working in March, the applications for OPT, I mean, the H-1B visas were in April, April 1st. So I missed my first year of applying for H-1B visa just because I graduated around that time. And I wish I was like, man, I wish I graduated in December so I would have that few months and I would have got my first chance of applying for that H-1B. So with my three-year STEM, I only have three chances of getting my H-1B sponsorship. Remember, it's a lottery system. You apply and it goes into this lottery system and you either get selected or you don't. And master students have higher selection than bachelor students. So you got to have to take all that in consideration. We applied the second year. Uh, my second year, the first year I couldn't apply, right? I finished that first year and we went to 2020 and we applied for the first time. And uh, I didn't get selected in the lottery system. You know, there's nothing. It, it's it's not just they don't sit at all the resumes and say, hey, you know what, it's skill set. None of that. Right. It's it's just a lottery system. And and I didn't get selected. So now I'm in my third year. So I have one more year. Right. So I'm apply. I'm going to get I'm applying literally right now. And this is March and applications are due April 1st or whatever. So we're applying it again. It's a lottery system. If God forbid we, you know, I don't get selected in this lottery system, then either I do masters or I have to leave the country. It's a big deal. And like I said, I've established, I've been in America for 15 years. I had to leave the country for, you know, when I turned 21 to be independent, came back as an international student. Now I have a house here. I have family here. You know, my sister just had a baby in Austin and they got their H-1Bs and all that. And imagine having to leave everything and go to India for a while because of OPT. So don't take it lightly and, and you know, make sure that it's your priority. Make sure you understand the companies that you're applying for, sponsor your visa to be in the country so you can be here. Uh, there's a lot that goes on to this and Full Sail definitely helps you a lot with all of this. But it's, it comes down to you, and you really have to stay on top of that. And I can't stress that enough. Well, PJ, there's, there's definitely a lot, a lot to unpack in that, in that area. Um, yeah. I wish we had a, another hour to chat. Um, uh, yeah, I, I agree that you know, the OPT experience is, is essential. It, it, giving you that hands-on work experience, basically, it's a huge boon to your resume. It's uh, it just in terms of learning is, is, is significant. Um, one thing I've, I do find when in my conversations with alumni is that although a lot of times folks do get the chance to stay in the United States, um, I find a lot of folks that 
find a lot of success in their home country too. Um, guys that go back to Brazil and they're at the frontier of the gaming industry or, or, or folks that go back to China and they're there to become artists and, and things of that nature. I think there's, there's definitely value in, in, in having that experience and then kind of bringing it home. Um, Stefan, I'd like to pass the mic to you. I see you had your hand raised. Yeah, just real quick. I would like to answer Abraham's question in the chat. Um, I can just tell from my perspective because um, my parents did enough financially support me when I uh, went to Forcell. I paid Forcell out of my own pocket of my savings and for like um, housing, bills, everything. So I paid everything on my own. So I already had a little bit of a pressure to graduate on time and be like as good of a student as I can be. And I also think like a lot of international students go through the same process, but just like they have their mom and dad in the background asking, son, daughter, are you studying or are you having fun in Florida, you know? So um, I think the difference is um, that we go there to graduate. We go there to like um, make our families proud, but first of all, make us proud, you know? So I think that's maybe like a little bit of a difference between native students and international students. And just for the OPT, I'm let it, well, the PJ just said, um, even though I lost my OPT because of COVID and everything, because I wasn't able to come to the States because the borders were literally closed for three, four months. I'm currently applying to get an artist visa and fingers crossed, it looks good so far. Cool. So maybe you, you never know. But yeah, that's what I would like to say. So there's always like a different path that you can choose if you're really good at one specific craft, like as an artist or whatever. Well, I got to say, I have had several conversations over the past year with O visa recipients and I know it's possible and I know it's it's a lot more challenging than other other types of visas but um good luck man that's awesome that's incredible that you're going through that process uh Daniel I saw you had your hand raised and then and then I want to toss the mic to Maria uh but go ahead Daniel so just to jump in, in into that answer I think that when being an international student especially in the gaming industry there's like the industry outside of the US is very, very small. So the OPT, it's, it's our, our only chance to get in the industry, pretty much. Um, I, if I had to say if I did something else bes like besides school, so other than my classmates did, I researched and, and contacted and networked and found a specialization that I liked and, and really learned more about it. I think that, especially in, in, in being a game design student, you're jumping into an oversaturated market. Mm. Um, like, there's a lot of people that, are, that think, hey, I like games, I'm gonna make games. And as an international student, you need to, or international applicant, you need to just be that much better than anyone else that is applied. So even if you only have a years of experience, you get a, with full soul pretty much, you need to double that to be considered, to even be considered. Even if it's not literal, you will have a barrier when, when applying for a job in the US. It's just how it is. Uh, it's not fair, but it's, it is what it is. Learn. Internet is free. There's millions of, of 
resources online. Just find something like get as much as many certifications as you can. And do just do your best. That that's everything you can do. Uh I think that's what you're kind of hitting on is seems like a common thread with a lot of y'all's experience in that as an international student, because I mean, Daniel, you hit, you hit the nail on the head right in the first time you spoke, you've got a year time, right? In the case of PJ, he had three years, but you know, that time is so precious that you really need to put as much energy and focus into it as possible um, and, and take advantage and squeeze out as much as you can. Um, from that experience. And I, I do find that, you know, the inter international students that I tend to work with always have that kind of sense of, okay, what's, what's the next step? How, how am I making it to the next step? And I, I have to commend international students in that regard. So hats off to y'all. Um, Maria, I, I'd like to hear what you, you had your hand raised for a moment. Sure. Um, I just wanted to add um, that we, as an international student, we bring a lot of multiculturality and diversity to the country. And a lot of companies are, are looking for that, for people who can, they can present a project or something and we can have a different perspective, even guide them if it's gonna, I have been in positions where they will ask me for suggestions to see if that will be a profit on my market, the Spanish market, you know what I mean? Um, so bringing that multiculturality and the, that diversity is very, very important. Mm. And I wanted to encourage every student as well. I know so many, as you mentioned, people from Brazil or European countries, they go back and they don't have the experience of the OPT because they have the possibility to work in their country and all that. Um, but having the experience is very, very important. First for your resume, but not only that, but when you go outside of the United States with the experience that you work in the United States, it's gonna be very valuable for them. They're gonna mm -hmm. see like, oh, you got a little bit of the Anglo market. Um, so that's very important. I just wanted to encourage everyone. I have had so many friends who unfortunately they have um, not have the experience because it's not necessary or they don't want to go to the process. They are ready to go back after graduation. Um, but I think having is very, very experienced. I can see for myself how I have been able to accomplish and as a PJ mentioned to work towards um, my visa to be here, you know, like a, a resident and all that. And it has been because of the work that I have done through the OPT. With time, is as you mentioned, it's just one year that we have. So we got to know when the due dates are so we can work towards that. Yeah. I'm currently on the H-1B process, PJ. Awesome, get um, out of here. Yes. So let's see, I'm waiting for results if I get into the the lottery, but I have high expectations. So let's right. see. Did you get, are you guys applying this year? Yeah, I applied this year. Right. Right, good luck. We're in the same boat. Yeah. Thank you. Hopefully. <laughs> so, fingers, fingers, both of you, yeah. fingers crossed for sure. Well, I, I, this has been such a wonderful and delightful conversation. I, I really love hearing y'all stories and, and just uh, very inspirational, very, very bright. Uh, I, I'm very impressed. I, I'd like to, we, we've got seven minutes left and I, I just, I want to take the last few minutes to just kind of go back around the table and, and hear uh, parting words, uh, maybe thoughts about your OPT experience or just things that you're thinking about for, for yourself for the next steps um, at this point or, or any advice that you may uh, be willing to offer to the students that are in the audience and the students that will listen to this 
uh, over broadcast and, and, and uh, our podcast broadcast and, and through the Zoom link. Um, so PJ, if you don't mind, I, I'd like to start with you on this one. Well, my departing words, you know, guys, it's like my biggest thing I've out of all of this to me with my experience, if, if you remember one thing out of this whole call, remember this, nobody's better than you. Nope. There's no such thing as fear. There's no boundaries. This world is amazing. There's so many jobs out there. There's so many opportunities out there. There's no, there's no such thing. It's just a matter of time. Believe in yourself, have faith, and just just go all at it and just trust the process and just go for it. Don't, you know, don't ever look back. Don't ever think, okay, is this gonna, is this degree really gonna do it? Full sale is amazing. It's so hands-on that it teaches you so much how for the world. It doesn't teach, it doesn't sit there and give you jobs every day, right? But it teaches you enough for you to just go out and conquer the world. And the world is amazing and, and it's out there for you guys, for every single person. So Trust me on that and just, just go at it, go at it 100% full speed. Excellent. Excellent. Uh, Stefan, I'll pass the mic to you. So my departing words, uh, words um, where should I go to the left? Where's nothing right or to the right? Where's nothing left or straight where everything is left, right? <laughs> so what I want to say with that is um, you guys have to understand you're getting a degree in a program, in a field that you want to work in for the rest of your life. So basically, you're turning your hobby into a living. Don't ever forget that. Don't ever wake up in the morning and think like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to do that. It's tedious. Don't think like that. Because I had like four jobs in my life and I didn't like them. And what I'm doing right now, I wake up every morning with a smile on my face. And so just enjoy what you're doing. And do the best as you can, because like I personally believe that each and every one of us that graduates from FUSA is actually something special because there's not many of us. So we all can do it. And I believe in everyone. So go grab it. I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I, I speak with international students every day that are so di just different from each other. And everyone, everyone comes here with an idea. They all come here with an idea of what they want um, and they fight for it. And, and I see that in all of you as well. Uh, Josh, go ahead, man. Let's let's hear your final words. My final word would be uh, for all students: uh, don't go and ask how, like, for a job. Make yourself an asset. How are you going to help that person you're talking to? You go to these events. You go to these interviews. You know, you you say you meet, you know, an A and R, you know, someone from a big company. Don't ask for a job, ask how you can help them and they can more than likely give you a task and that's you know a great way in. Um, keep, keep hungry, make sure that specifically those international students and all students out there stay hungry. This is a crazy world, but there's so much beauty and opportunity in there. Um, uh, you just have to really put yourself outside of your comfort zone. Personally, if I'm uncomfortable, then I'm doing something right. Because when I'm comfortable, I'm bored. So, Stay hungry, breathe, take some time. You know, it's been a crazy year. There's a lot of crazy stuff to come and the industry is always gonna be changing. So make sure you you stay in love with it and you love it for the right reasons. Um, don't stay with it if you don't. Excellent, excellent. Uh, uh, Maria, I, go ahead. 
Yeah, um, I'll say trust the process and work together with the international department. You guys have been, since my first OPT, you guys helped me, you know, for the appliance, to wait for it, will be the process, like, and the time framing that you guys um, give to us, I think it's very, very, very good for it. So work together with, I have been working with Carmen, with Mary Vaughn, with people in the international department who have been able to guide me, Brianna, Gisela, like, Everyone is always so friendly and they're able to give you the, the, the skills that you need for the process of the OPD and stay the best out of it. Excellent, excellent. I'll definitely pass that along to uh, uh, Mary Bond and, and, and uh, Gisela and Brianna. They love to hear that, that kind of feedback. That's, that's very important, thank you. Uh, Daniel, last but not least. So to close everything uh, down, um... For, for everyone, never stop networking. It's your most useful skill to find a job. Uh, never stop learning, never never lose the hunger for, for learning new things. Uh, rely on, on your advisor. They know way more than you do. And it's way easier to ask them to, than to try to ask the any Google uh, web page yeah. and just enjoy what you do. Yeah, this is Stefan said, it's whatever you're gonna be doing for the rest of your life. If you don't enjoy it, you're gonna, you're, it's gonna suck. Yeah. <laughs> One last thing I'm gonna add for motivation for every single person is guys, literally two years ago, I was at Full sale, killing myself, sleepless nights. Fast forward, just literally two years after graduation, living in a high rise, driving exotic cars, own a house. I mean, the lifestyle is unbelievable compared, you know, after just two years, you know, think where we'll be in five years, 10 years. So use that as motivation because I, my, like I said, I had a mentor and I saw him graduated first year after he got a job in Bank of America. He got his first house and he built his first house. And I was like, wow, this is amazing. And a year after graduation, it motivates, it motivated me. Everybody has a different type of motivation. So I don't know what feeds your energy, but it's, it's, it's a blessing. So go out there and get it guys. Excellent. Well, awesome. Great conversation today. I, I can't speak highly enough about this conversation. I mean, y'all had such great insight um, and, and, and kind of listening to each other and feeding off each other and responding to each other. Well, it certainly made my job easy. Um, and it was very enjoyable. So thank you very much. I, I, I truly appreciate y'all today. Thank, thank you. I appreciate everyone. Um, folks, this has been a wonderful broadcast. Uh, I highly encourage everyone to join us, uh, continue the conversation with us on Facebook, on Instagram, and of course on Full Sail One. Um, I hope to see you all here next time. I hope that you stay safe, uh, stay balanced, and, and, and stay globally minded. Uh, so that concludes this today's presentation. Thank you. Thank you.